You guys might want to record. Oh, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Let me check on the dog. Check on the dog. Check on the dog. Okay, Thursday, April 15th, 2021. This is the new Forget Computers podcast. I'm Ben Greiner. With me is Chad Calise. And we have a special guest with us. We do. Unless he's still checking on the dogs. Eric, are you there? I am. Hello. Uh, Eric Cass. We've been working, you know, we created this podcast <laughs> just to have you on, Eric. Yeah, and it, it took us true. one year. <laughs> Perfect. I wanted to let it, I'm going to let you guys settle in, you know, get, get all the bugs worked nice. out first. That's right. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. In fact, I was thinking if there if, if there's anyone listening, I should just stop there. But if there's anyone listening who who does editing of podcast, please call us. We could really use a, a production assistant editor. Assistant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Free lunch. So, yeah. So Eric and Chad, Chad, you guys have not met, have you? Well, kind of. That you had that that. Uh that cocktail party online that was so fun oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. kind of in the midst and and i kind of felt like i you know it was it's always tough with those things because you want to like have been a breakout room and like chat to people and I, i've heard so much about you eric and so it's you know always been you know uh, like a cool idea to to just kind of go chat and and tell you uh, you know how cool i think this concept is and just the whole idea um and how the and this collaboration that you've had you know the two of you over time that has really been you know, now part of my life, I really look forward to even just thinking about the, like, like, okay, what have I done this week that I forget about computers? And, and usually <laughs> thanks to uh, probably in some part, the the whole idea, I have more to, to bring to that conversation than I did before I met Ben. And so it's, yeah. it's really improved, improved my life in ways. So I'm grateful. It's good to meet you. Yeah. Awesome. Nice to meet you too. Well, were you guys in the same breakout room at our party? No, I don't think so. I think we were, okay. we you just kind of caught each other's eye. There was a lot going on that night. There, there, was. there were many people involved all over the place. So I don't, I don't know. It was a bit of a blur for me. That, that was, that was, that was so much fun. We decided never to do it again. It couldn't be topped. It couldn't be topped. That's true. It was really a good timing to do something like that i think at least from my perspective because it was it was i don't know it, it was amazing how little um how few just personal fun zooms i had there for a few months you know mariel and i were both my wife we were both talking about that like you know we really don't you know make time to have the fun ones enough it's easy yeah. it's easy to do right right yeah, in fact, I, I was looking forward to this one because, um, well, one, because we, we have Eric on and we'll get to Eric in a minute. We will eventually get to Eric. Yeah, awesome. Um, and uh, because I, I, do, I am on a lot of meetings, uh, you know, whether it's Zoom or Teams or RingCentral, it's, and it's easy to go from meeting to meeting to meeting, but yeah, they're not, they're not the fun meetings, are they, if they're work meetings. Nah, that's hard. Well, you can make them fun, but it's not, you're right. It's a totally yeah, different you try. Vibe. You try. So, uh, Eric, um, I do have to get, you know, Eric, first of all, uh, Eric is a bit of a prima donna. I think everyone should know that. Eric, you still there? Yes. yes I am. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, was a, dogs. I have a dog that, uh, is just hitting his um, bowl for wanting food. Like just like oh. like a like he's in jail or something like you know oh, okay. moving along yeah. the the cell uh, yeah 
Is it the same dog that humps my leg when I come visit? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah. dog. It's um, like, oh, he's busy doing something. I'm going to see if I can yeah. bug him now. Nice. What sort of dog would, would breed mutt or he, just blend? He's, or? A, he's a cockapoo, which, you know, his name's ah, cool. him, I guess. A real cockapoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I really meant to say is Eric is a, a world-renowned designer, and um, he and I met in college. Uh, we were both studying design. Um, I, I, I always say I'm a failed designer. Eric is a successful designer. And uh, we have collaborated on things throughout the years. He, he, he's been very generous in his time of working uh, with me. And I say generous because we haven't adequately uh, paid him over the years, I'm sure. And yes, Eric, you have that on record. I'm recording yeah, nice. this. And I, and I do just want to clarify, I'm, I'm a practicing designer, I would say, I guess, you okay. know, whereas okay. you have uh, chosen a, a different path. So I think that's, I think that's the only difference there, but, um, but yeah. I hear you. Um, and I, I was just going to maybe start by, cause we could go, we could go way back and turn this into a mini series, probably lasting several podcasts, but um, I was going to go back to the beginnings of the the name forget computers and uh do you remember that eric i do i remember it well as if it were yesterday <laughs> now, that, that's where you put in the sound effects the uh, travel back and remember oh, right, sound effects. Right. um yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah perfect so uh, so what, what's your memory yeah so you know i think um well, for one thing, you know, after like you were talking about uh, at school and being, you know, we were fine art majors, so we were really studying art, I feel like, and then we specialized right. in design and, and got into that. And I think, you know, I always felt like by the time we were uh, the seniors, you know, we were kind of competing for the people that were the most, I, I guess I would just say the most serious about what we were doing and wanting to be successful mm -hmm. at it and do good work and figure things out. And uh and making and, fun of the others who weren't quite at our level. <laughs> uh, never. Uh, and, you know, I, so I always, I always really uh, appreciated that kind of uh, competition, a healthy competition. And, you know, that, that sort of, I think that's one thing for me that keeps me going is I see other people doing really good stuff. And I think, oh, I want to mm -hmm. do good stuff, you know, and I think we had a real kind of back and forth like that. And then you uh, got out and did some design work and worked in design and I did as well. And then at some point you decided to, you know, start this technology company and I was sort of disappointed, you know, I was like, Oh man, what, why? Like you're, you're really good at what you do and you're only going to get better. I threw in the you know? towel. Yeah, yeah. You gave up early. Um, but uh, you know, after that disappointment wore off and I, and I still remember, and I tell people the story all the time, interns and, and younger uh, students, they're still in school in design about, you know, asking you about that and asking, you know, how can you quit? Because for me, I couldn't imagine ever doing anything else. I mean, I sort of just feel like I'm, I have to do this. Uh, and um, you just said, well, I can never do it good enough. And I thought, because I, I didn't think you could answer it. You know, I thought there's no answer that's going to satisfy me. And that really did. And I, I think about that often. And that idea of, of wanting to do, uh, do things at a very high level and, and being frustrated if you feel like you can never get to that place you want to be. And I don't, I think a lot of that's in our own minds, you know, I, I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, you could have done stuff and been very successful and, and been very happy and no one would, would say, you know, Hey, you need to stop doing this or whatever. This is terrible. Um, but, uh, right. but I, I just thought that was, I, I totally knew what you meant by that. Cause it is, 
you know, doing creative type work, it is a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, it's good and bad because it's, it's really fun and it's really cool to be able to do, but it's also really frustrating if you super care about it because it's never good, yeah. you know, nothing's ever, ever where you wanted it to be or gets to where you want it to be. There's always this elusive thing that you're chasing. And I think, you know, that's part of, part of what makes it exciting though. And it actually keeps me going, even though it's kind of frustrating, right. but I, but I always, I always uh, really remember that. So um, well, hey, I was just going to comment because you just reminded me um, that, yeah, I still I still feel like I, I'm stuck in this world where I can identify good and bad design, but yeah. I cannot personally generate it. And that is that is frustrating to me. Sometimes I, I, I get the, the satisfaction out of, um, you know, photography a little bit, but not not the level of design. Yeah, um, that 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 you have achieved, Eric. So um, yeah. I definitely well, part of it's uh, respect too. Eric's I mean, design. Yeah, I mean, like anything, you have to, you know, keep keep the muscle exercised, as right. they say, and and keep doing it and keep being around it in in that level. But I mean, I'm I'm sure you could if you wanted to. But it's it's you know, again, you you chose a different path, and that's that's cool that you knew at an early kind of age that you wanted to do that, and so you know. That, that's that's what was really neat though about the opportunity of us still getting to work together because you know that's the other thing again going back in school we worked on some you know not only did we compete on things a little bit we also collaborated on things which was awesome and so this gave us that's right we had a poster in how magazine when when we were fresh out of school right you and i worked on that together yeah still in school i mean it was and that was super cool because uh well ben and i worked at a printer um in muncie indiana where ball state mm -hmm. university is which is where we went to school and, you know, that was a really great experience for both of us to be students just learning about this whole industry and profession at a really pivotal time when technology was totally changing and everything was going from analog to digital. I mean, it was literally at that point, that that kind of tipping point um, where that was happening. And, and this company in this small town in Indiana was really uh, on, on kind of the cutting edge. I mean, they had all, they had the, yeah. what was they it? They had the linotype, yeah, the linotype <laughs> rip. Linotype hell rip, uh, which I remember every time we had to print to that thing, we, we would go shoot darts because you couldn't do anything <laughs> while it was yeah, processing. And, and some of that stuff too is printing film, which people wonder, well, why were you printing film? You know, because then you would take that and strip it and make plates and print from those. So it's still, there were still all these kind of, it was a mixture of new technology and old technology sort of working together to create things. But, um, but they had these Quadra 900, I think there were 700 and 900, if I remember right. Um, mm -hmm max that were the big towers and they were like 10 grand and this is like in the early 90s so i don't know how that translates to today's money but that was a substantial yeah. investment for something yeah, that, that was house if, money yeah if we went and looked up those specs too it would be ridiculous you know it would be yeah. the apple watch probably has more power than those additives. Right, i don't know right. um so uh so that that experience was super cool that we were able to do that and and so we were able to do design because they offered design as a service, but we were around all the printing. There was an in-house photographer. It was just this really great place to learn about the business and the technical side of our profession. And as, as part of that, um, uh, Ben and I went in one night after hours and just, you know, had been talking for weeks about these concepts of what we were learning and how we felt about it and what it meant to us. And, and we kind of sat down in this space and just used whatever was at hand to create this this poster that was sort of a, a collage. It was, you know, an art piece, basically a conceptual piece, but it was designed mm -hmm. because it was, you know, heavily typography uh, based. And then also 
just the the kind of tools we're using and things like that in the sprint shop and um you know I, you reminded me we we went to the printer because they had a printer there a four color press two color press they had both and we wanted him like hey on your next job could you just like run this through and and he's like well what colors do you want we're, we're kind of like well, we don't care just like whatever you're doing or just run the blue and the yellow and do you remember this it was it was like well, he, he, my, he yeah, yeah my memory of it, I, have, I may have a different memory of it uh <laughs> my memory of it is that night we designed it we put it together we worked together and made it then i remember you leaving and going to england to continue your school and then i feel like you were gone and then i had worked on stripping it and plating it and then i uh, actually worked with it on press with the pressman because i remember you know being down there and just and, and not to say you weren't involved in some conversation no no morning, that but, uh that but, makes more sense i i think i just remember <laughs> talking to him ahead of time like trying to make yeah. sure we could do this you know yeah. uh, you know without getting in trouble with from from steve of cs kern and yeah. uh and uh yeah i see i seem to remember they were kind of like oh okay whatever you crazy guys are gonna want to do <laughs> yeah i think that's the cool thing about being young like that and stupid and not really caring in a way or not knowing to care enough it's just kind of pushing your way through to try things and do things and just being you know really uh just super um curious like what happens like how does this work and you know, that sort of mentality and just, and they were, you know, generous enough uh, to let us do that. And, you know, when, when it was on press, uh, so what I was talking about before about stripping it and stuff, that's where I was talking about, like, so it was basically uh, something that we put together on paper with like photocopies and, uh, you know, cutting with exacto knives and pasting this thing together. Um, and then I don't even remember if we photographed it or scanned it or something. And at some point it was in the computer and then it, was output to film and then that film had to be cut up and also kind of made into something and then that was used and exposed with light the way you print a picture to a metal plate two metal plates it was two color uh to make those to go on the printing press and then on the printing press there was you know it was a two color job so there was mm -hmm. two different colors of ink in the wells and they just overprinted because i remember we wanted to see what happened if you just overprinted ink as opposed to knocking it out and leaving space for it for the paper to come through and so that was a thing and then uh, it was cool to be down there with the pressman um and he was running it and then I, I just remember being like well you know it's offset lithography so there's water involved and that affects the image quality and the way it uh way the plate mm. puts it onto the paper so I was like well turn the water up or turn it down and he was just doing all these things and you know uh typically these people who run the presses and things they're they're picked that you know picked apart about doing it the precise right way so to go to someone like that and say just screw with it i mean it's like joyous for them in a way because they're like oh right wow, right i don't ever get to do this and and i remember taking something and scratching the plate and just beating it up and just doing all these things taking paper and having it go through this big printing press i mean this is like half the size of a or the size of a room essentially um and you know getting the paper out of the other end and then running it back through again and printing right on top of that same image you know so that's that's just something mm -hmm. that most people in their lives never get a chance to do and just play around with and you know getting to do that as a student was really invaluable and i remember i took those things out when i interviewed and would show them to people that had been in the business for years and they were like wow this is amazing i've never been able to do anything like this and you've already mm -hmm. done this so that was cool and then as you mentioned then when this long story started of mine uh you know it was sent it into this magazine which there used to be these printed things called magazines that people would subscribe to uh internationally <laughs> and uh this was a big design one and it was you know again as a student to have a piece of design work in this uh, I think it, I believe it was the International Annual of Design. So it was like all the best design work from around the world. 
and this piece is in there, you know, while we're students. So that, that yeah. was a huge, uh, a huge help because there was no internet. There was no way to see your work. And to me, that was always the huge thing is I want, you know, people to experience what I do because I put a lot of effort into it and I care about it a lot. And, you know, people seeing what you create is the final part that completes the process of creating art or design is to have someone experience it. So in my mind, whether people liked it or hated it is just, I just wanted a lot of people to see it. So that was, that was right. like huge, you know, to get it in there and have that happen. I, so. Yeah. You kind of reminded me like at the time there was so much focus because of the, I think because of technology, there was so much focus to hide the process, um, you know, to, to, to try to get it perfect that we were doing the exact opposite and we were trying to expose the process. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was just kind of freeing well, and, and unique. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, that was a time when that kind of deconstructivist type stuff was happening in general, maybe, but, but it was definitely that stuff. And, and it's like even letterpress printing, you know, which is an older type of printing again, mm -hmm. where it's like supposed to kiss the paper and not leave any kind of mark, any kind of indention in the paper. And, and you're not even supposed to be able to tell that's how it's printed basically. And now, you know, years later, it's like mash it in there, make it really, really uh, dent the paper and show the process. So, you, you know, it's, it, it does become a thing that the computer is so slick. And so perfect, those imperfections that older technologies created were really uh, something. And, and now even it's something that's desirable because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's it's uh, it's more interesting. It has character and it's more human, I think, too, in a lot of ways, because it's imperfect. Um, so, uh, so, Chad, do you do you know that you've seen this poster? Do you do you realize? No, that? I'm I'm sure I haven't. I'm sure I haven't. You, I, I'm positive you have. It's it's hanging <laughs> up in the office. It's one of the very few posters we have hanging up um, behind Janelle's desk. So the next time you come into the oh, office, you, you'll yeah. see it. I know which poster you're talking about. So yeah. you got that's the poster you're talking about. So yeah, yeah. here's here's what big. I'm curious about. Is yeah, it's impossible to miss it. So of course yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> if 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 you guys. Um, you know, had to, you know, kind of summarize, you know, what, what you just talked about and, and, and the context of, you know, cause it seems to me technology is much more concerned with outcomes. It doesn't really care about process at all. It gets left out all the time. Right. And it just crushes cultures, right. It, it crushes a lot of, I think the creativity out of cultures as much as it helps on the productivity side. Right. But they're not mutually, they're not like, they don't always go hand in hand saying and so you're you're you know i'm not telling you guys anything you don't understand but when it talk about process to me see that's kind of where i've always drifted out of the technology crowd that's where i kind of lose popularity with you know some like technical pals that i have because i'm just like you know yeah it's art code can be art right like infrastructure as code i think is very elegant and 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 very cool and well, yeah uh, i was just gonna say chad you just what you're talking about now is I have so many conversations with clients who they have process issues. They don't have technical issues. Yeah, totally. And, and totally. you're right. They don't want to spend time on yeah. the process. They just no, want the problem. It's tricky. Fixed. It's tricky. And we like to believe that technology is the solution. And I would too. Right. I really would. I would love to believe that, but it's still on us, you know, and I love what Eric said, you know, about, you know, it really is for me too, man. I, you're, you're preaching to the choir here because it's all about the process. The product sometimes has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, the correct process will get you where you want to go. You know, it's like, if you focus on where you want to go, 
you might not might not ever get there you know so it's like right. it's it's kind of the journey man you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it's like getting there and and one thing iterating you know, specific, it's just iteration uh, you know yeah. it's really important and and it doesn't get talked about enough surprisingly you know like in the circles you know we spend a lot of time in um it, it's it, it takes time and patience to nudge that into the conversation because most times it's it's not something anyone wants to really listen to which is surprising yeah. because as i get older i seem to appreciate it and you know i i'm not formally trained as a designer or anything and i don't want to you know like uh you know take everything i say with a grain of salt um but i've been surrounded by you know designers my whole life and and you know my wife is you know swiss trained designer and it's one of those things that i think you know when we travel and we go to other places uh, or used to, um, you know, like, like right before, uh, quarantine, we were in Spain, our family has a home in Spain. We went and spent some time there and we're just, we, we just get to town and, and walk down into town and Mario stands there at the corner, you know, the building and just looks at the typography and then looks at me. She doesn't have to say anything. She just looks at it and then yeah. looks at me like, you know, someone thought about that. You know, someone took the time to be intentional about that. It doesn't take a lot of time and energy, right? It's, it's really just a, a quality of life. It's really, you know, beauty and, and all, I mean, I'm in a tangent or something here, but mm-hmm. I, I just love this conversation, you know, talking yeah. about process because well, it's, it's dear to my heart too. Yeah. And one of the things for me that can tie this all together, I think from a technology standpoint and kind of more of a, an art standpoint is, uh, you know, again, when I, when I think about, cause I think about process all the time and, and everything that, cause like I, I was saying before, I'm practicing. I mean, I'm always trying to learn about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, what it means. Like, I, I don't ever think, Oh, I've got it figured out. Like, I know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, it's like, and it mm-hmm. keeps it new. It keeps me feeling young. And like, I'm still, you know, inter- I'm still interested. I mean, you know, I want to know. So one of the things for me is, you know, when I talk to younger designers who, haven't had these experiences like we were just talking about of using these old technologies you know it really is a technology issue because what i tell them is a lot of the stuff and when so when it comes down to like the way a design looks so people will be saying i did this for this reason i did this for that reason and i'm like well do you know why those things look the way they looked before and what you're referencing and so i don't think people make that correlation either about how much technology affects the aesthetic so Mm. you know the reason why a lot of like, so if you go to an antique store and you're like, oh, this is so cool. Look how cool this thing looks. I've, to me, a huge reason why it's cool is because of the limited technology that was used and the creativity that had to be utilized to make it look good with this, mm-hmm. the way they had to do it. And not only that, you were talking about people being trained, which, you know, again, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's you know, all kinds of different stuff about the education process, but a lot of times back in the old days, it wasn't anyone who was formally trained. It was always a technical person that knew how to use the this complex technology that was designing it or putting it together and again it was limited resources just like i said when ben and i went in there and said we're going to design this thing with whatever is in this room that that creates a certain aesthetic in the piece we were making because we, mm-hmm. we limited ourselves to what we had access to so that's the way people were in the past not out of choice but just out of necessity um, you know, you had a you had a type cabinet with literal pieces of lead type in there. So those are the typefaces you have. Those are the sizes of typefaces you have. You know what I mean? It's like it's just all of these things. Yeah. Now, now, what can I do with this? And I think that's super interesting and super cool. And I think if you at least learn about that stuff and have an understanding of it, and if you're lucky enough to be like me, who's got to do all that stuff, I've I've basically done every kind of printing hands-on 
you know, in the first person seeing it being done, which helps me greatly. Cause now when I work on a computer where I can do whatever I want and it's all clean and pretty, I can put my mind in a place of, of this limited technology to create a certain look or feel that people that are viewing it, even if they don't know what I'm doing, they're going to feel that or realize, oh, there's something different about this. For an example, I did these other posters that I created on the computer, almost 100%, you know, scanning in some pieces and making this thing on the computer. But I did it with this idea of serigraphy or silkscreen in mind and the limitations that are involved in that technology. So as I'm designing it, I'm thinking I can only do these flat colors. I can only do these things in certain ways. I can't do anything that detailed. It has to be kind of chunky. And, you know, and I did all this and printed this stuff out on like an inkjet printer from a computer, hung them up in, in this gallery I had. And people would be like, oh, they would walk up to them and literally go, oh, is this silkscreen? And it's like, no, it's not. But you would think it is because I made it that way. I, in my head, when I created it, I had those limitations in mind. Mm. And to me, that's just super interesting. You know what I mean? Mm. That, that, that that's how, how ingrained technology is in the creation process. And not only that, but the aesthetic of the, the way things look and why they look the way they look. Um, so, yeah. You just reminded me, Eric, and this is going to sound way off track, but I think we can tie it back. Uh, Honey Creek Mall, maybe late 70s, early 80s. I don't know when this technology came around, but and Chad, I'm sure you saw this, even though you didn't live in near Terre Haute, Indiana's Honey Creek Mall, like uh, Eric and I did. <laughs> but do you remember oh, hey, for, at the mall? for, our, for our, our intrepid uh, listeners, it's important to keep in mind before you make any judgments about Muncie or whatever that, you know, David Letterman went to Ball State, like Ball State, like a lot of weird mojo in Ball State, man. Like, don't knock it right. to That's right. Well, I've actually moved to the other side of the state now, Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> but yes, Indiana in general. Um, do you remember at the mall when you could get a t-shirt instantly like hot ironed, you, you would go, you would pick an image and you'd pick a shirt and they would, they would build your shirt right there at the mall and then give it to you. Do you remember Not that? Not only do I remember it, <laughs> I remember the shirts I had. I had a Mack yeah. truck shirt that was glitter, had glitter on it yeah. and like, and like I, neon colors and, and probably like cut off sleeves or something. You know what I mean? Right. And right. It's ridiculous. I had Star Wars. And, I had a Star Wars yeah. shirt. I remember. And, and, and not only do I remember that, that's like, that's a concept, which I feel like I thought we maybe would have talked about this, but um, I probably shouldn't say it now because I'll give it away. But I, I think that's a cool, I want to do that as a business now. I think that would be awesome. You go <laughs> yeah. to like kind of an art neighborhood, of a, of a city you know that everybody has and there's a store right. there where you where that happens and you you would have artists create really cool artwork as opposed to the commercial goofy things we had and maybe some of that stuff too but uh you gotta but come yeah, check come out t-shirt deli sure yeah t-shirt deli well first of all yeah. eric don't worry no it's one happening. listens to this podcast yeah. uh, no, but so it's, we're sure it's, it's all it's happening. all good yeah. yeah it's already happening so yeah so chad yeah what's what what's it called Oh, t deli. Yeah, T-shirt deli. And who knows if it's still there. But when I first moved to Chicago, I lived in Andersonville. And right across the street, pretty much from my apartment, was this little shop that looked like a deli. And I literally went in there like, is this a deli or a T-shirt shop? Or what is this? And it was a, literally a T-shirt deli. And they would give you your T-shirt. You could design anything. All They had all the all the, the merch that was hanging up in the store was just demos of any kind of shirt you could get things printed on. So there were little kid sizes and 
women's size. I mean, it was super elegant and, and really mm-hmm. well executed, um, pretty high end. Right. And yeah. then you went up to the counter and then they were the old school deli counters with the thick glass that was curved back, like in the old Italian delis. And they literally had t-shirts that were in with like, you know, fake lettuce. It was, it was set up exactly like a, a t- you would imagine a t-shirt deli and you can get mm-hmm. anything. I have a, I have a, like a dozen of them t-shirts I had made over there. And I think it's a, you know, it's a brilliant idea. I don't know why it's not everywhere. Yeah. I really like the old yeah. uh, kind of like letters that you would get put on individually, like kind of felt feeling. Yeah. Remember They would do that. Um, they had a whole range of things that, you know, different styles and things and prices on everything. The, the price charts, there were two, you guys would appreciate this because this is kind of design um, savvy in the middle of the store were two really excellent, you know, chefs um, chopping blocks with these very cool printed menus that had all the prices of the shirts and pictures. And they must've spent, I don't know how much time, Hmm. you know, shooting and lighting all of these things and making it cohesive. And it really felt like an experience. It wasn't something I would ever buy online. Right. I want to go there and do that. Right. And I think that's the, that's the differentiator. Now we can probably see more of that. I mean, retail could boom here again, who knows? Well, I will say too, uh, you know, keeping in, in the theme of t-shirts uh, at uh, record store day, uh, I think the year before last at the, at the local record store here, they have, it's a big event and then, you know, all these people come, they have live music and beer and stuff. They literally had uh, some people out there silk screening t-shirts with the kind of uh, record store day graphics for this record store um, that were specific mm-hmm. to that event. And you would That's basically awesome. just bring your own shirt. You wouldn't, they don't have shirts. We went to Target, mm-hmm. picked up some shirts, went there like here. And they were just like, and they were doing it for free with like a donation, you know, kind of a thing. But, uh, but I just thought that was super cool too. Just bring whatever you have and we'll screen this right onto it. Um, and if you so don't have a shirt, we'll just, kind. Yeah. Just print your back. you got a sock? Yeah. Here, give yeah. me your sock. <laughs> Well, uh, that that reminds me, and, and this will be, you know, maybe not, we won't be in agreement here, but I think, you know, as as people got more choice and technology gave us more options, you know, design definitely um, suffered um, because we had n- no longer the craftsmen sort of limiting our choices, but we, we could do whatever we wanted. And um, I think that's, you know, I look back at some of the old stuff and it's just like, oh, why, why don't they do that anymore? And I know we do, we still have good design out there, but there's still mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of crap out there too. Um, well, speaking it, of it, going back to retail, sorry, Eric, I was just gonna say one more thing. I, I Chad, I, I was just thinking this because I, I was getting wine delivered to my home once a month. And then, I was, and then recently I had delivery problems and I'm like, you know what, this isn't worth it. I'm going to stop this. And I'm actually looking forward to going out into a store and choosing the wine and buying it totally, yeah. as opposed to just having it delivered. Like I need a reason to go yeah. do things. Oh, we're fried, man. We're fried on that. It's so devoid of any, like, you know, what Eric said, I, I do it all the time. I'm constantly creating limitations for myself, whether it's, and, and certainly creatively, but definitely in the technical world. Like I, I decided many years ago, like, here's a handful of technologies I'm going to focus on. I really don't care about anything else. I don't have time, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a good generalist, there's a few pillars of things I need to understand well to do a lot of things, and I think it's it's the it's the same in our retail habits. You know, a lot of things we're gonna be like, oh, you know what? 
where can I get more value out of this now that I've been cooped up for a year? Oh, wine's a good one, right? Um, going to buy, you know, grow, like I really look forward to going out. Now, I, I, I think mm-hmm. I will take it less for granted, I hope, than before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christine and I were at Whole Foods recently. It was, first of all, it was nearly empty. I don't remember. It was, maybe it was an awkward time we were there. But um, normally, you know, I, and it had been a year since I've been there. It, w- it would be packed. And we were both like, oh, I, I kind of want to get back to like going to the grocery store and shopping for food. I'm tired of having it show up. And it's like, well, this isn't really what I wanted or or I ordered the wrong thing or, you know, just having all this delivery stuff, which is convenient is now I I can see where there could be a backlash and retail really could spring back strong. It could, it could, it's the ritual, you know, I think Eric's point about limitations. I think that's why I like, you know, rituals and things because they do limit in this age of like having anything delivered that takes the, the, really the process out of it. It's all about outcomes. Yeah, well, to me, the, the infinite is sort of the enemy in a lot of ways, because th- that's one of the things that my whole business is based on that as a designer, because when people contact me, they've got this idea, they've got all these I- things they want to do, and it's they don't know what they're lost, because it's like, they could do anything, it could be anything. And so one of the huge things that I do is help pull that together and focus it. And it's it starts with just editing and creating limitations and focusing it in, because yeah, I mean, it's overwhelming to just be lost in the sea of an infinity of being able to do anything. Um, and I think it's the same with all the technology, too. I mean, that's what's got me from, you know, having Spotify or Apple Music. I'm not interested in that. I love music and it's a huge inspiration in my work. And I like all types of music. So it's it, on the surface. It seems like this is going to be amazing. But really, I just get lost in it. It's too much. And I don't I don't feel like a, it's not personal to me at all because it's it's not even mine. It, it just exists out there somewhere. Um, and it, it doesn't have any memories associated with it. So I'm actually going the other way and getting totally into vinyl and, you know, my old CD collection and, and even cassette tapes and just having all these things where I remember where I found it, where I bought it. I remember telling my daughter this at college, uh, going into a record store in Bloomington, Indiana at... at uh, IU and and being and buying a record and going now this record is special because I'm going to remember where I bought it who I was with I'm gonna I'm giving this little guy money that's trying to have this little store I mean there was just and I'm giving the people in the band money I'm giving you know the the person who illustrated this album cover money I mean there's all these there's this whole you know ecosystem of people involved in the production of this that if I just listen to it on Spotify they're not benefiting and I'm not benefiting. I'm not getting anything out of it, but I can hear the music, which is still wonderful, but this, everything else surrounding that process is totally gone. So every time I hit play, Eric, I think of that moment. <laughs> yeah, sure you do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's true. Um, I mean, I, I it is feel true. that and, especially and- I, I spe- that's probably going to be even stronger. I would imagine. Right. Like listen, I remember listening parties, you know, and people used to just, come over to listen to music right yeah. and i think that could you know come back i would well, I'd love to find you know uh when i first moved here i was in bucktown and there was a neighborhood bar uh like cafe nah, it wasn't really a cafe but it wasn't really bar either it was it was a little it was just in the neighborhood it was like in the weirdest place it's like this is a bar like this is in the neighborhood and you walked in there i can't remember the name of it why can't i think of the name of it i'll, I'll think of it but the coolest thing about it was they had this record player and this final collection and it was behind the bar but it was kind of behind the bar where anybody could 
you know, futz with it. And they would leave a few, you know, um, right there, you know, kind of a, a palette, if you will, of, mm-hmm. of selections. And there were some regulars that would come in there and hang out. And, and there were guest DJs who would come literally and just stand back there and, and just spend vinyl all night. And the sound, they were custom speakers. You knew it the minute you walked in. Someone built these things, right? Like the to spec. They're like obsessed. Whoever, whoever runs this place is obsessed, right? And it was by far one of the most memorable. Uh, I mean, even now, like when Mariel and I like are like, hey, let's sneak out to whatever. We, I can't, that's why I'm like, I can't remember. It's near, uh, it's parallel. I think you're describing, it, I think you're describing Eric's basement, Chad. Is it? I, see, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah, there's a certain, there's something to the curation of it and the limited nature, just like we were saying, like it's limited. It's just this curated thing. It, it says something about the place, the people. I mean, it's just more, and, and by all this, I'm not this old guy that's like, oh, everything should go back to the old way. I still have tons of digital music. I have all the digital equipment. You know what I mean? That's part of it. It's just merging it together. And I think so often when new things come along, it's always that this is better and everything else has to die and go away. And there is some stuff that should, there's some stuff that's not as efficient. It doesn't have that experience. It doesn't bring anything to the table extra that should die and go away. But but really, it's just, you know, don't get lost. Don't let go of that stuff. And even CDs. I mean, people, I mean, people have been into vinyl for a while now, you know, and it's like, you know, it's exploded that, you know, CDs have been kind of forgotten. But a CD sounds amazing. It sounds so much better than MP3s I'm listening to. And again, there's packaging and sometimes really cool packaging, really nicely designed mm-hmm. things. There's an experience to that. There's something about that that's that's getting lost. But you know, there's there's tons of I listen to tons of, you know, I'm on the computer all day. I'm listening to my computer you know, music and stuff too. So it's not like I'm saying, oh yeah, let's just go back to the way it was. It's just, let's not, you know, forget those things and just everything has a place. And even now with cassettes, I never would have gotten into cassettes, but uh, my grandfather who passed away years ago, we were cleaning out his house and his old stereo equipment was there and I dusted it off, cleaned it up and there was a tape deck and, and his tape collection, which some, uh, you know, cousins of mine that are much younger just threw them in the garbage. And I was like, where did those tapes go? <laughs> like, give me those. Are you kidding me? Mm. So I, I dug them out. And, you know, and, and since then, the, the collection's been growing. And, you know, it's fun to put on a cassette from a band from the 80s that came out on cassette in the 80s and listen to it in that medium and hear the way it sounds. And it doesn't sound as good. It sounds different. But all, all these things have their own personality, their own character. And you can listen to things that are from different time periods in history and go, that's what was happening then. There's just something about that. Whereas when it's digital and it's on the computer, it's all leveled out, right? It's all kind of like the same, you know, no matter where it came from or when. It's like, it's it doesn't have that. You know, there's not that distinction. And you're really missing something. Well, you're not. I don't know. It just depends on what you like. But but, I, but I'm kind of digging that lately. It just makes it more interesting to me. And I'm listening to things I wouldn't want to listen to on my computer because I, I wouldn't be that interested in it. You know what I mean? So, or it's something I find at Goodwill. I'm scouring Goodwills now. And you can get cassette tapes for 69 cents and, you know, bring them home and clean them up and wipe them off. And I feel, I also feel like I'm re- rescuing this history, this kind of forgotten thing that's been thrown away that, that you know, yeah. has its own thing. And, and even the sound the case makes. And when you put it in and the the little numbers and, and lines and, you know, peak meters that are going on the stereo, the visual aspect of that is something. The sound a CD makes, if you haven't played a CD, if you're younger, you don't even know that sound, that digital sound of the laser in there and the thing spinning and then the numbers going on the front. All that stuff is, you know, I see it now and really appreciated it. You know what I mean? It's like, this is really cool. And I, I kind of miss this. I miss having this other layer to the experience that's been gone for a long time now. 
and it's it's yeah. probably just being sentimental in some ways but it's it's cool to have that back um, it is. You, it was the first gotten... hackable media, really. I mean, I cassette eight tracks too to a degree, but cassettes really like cassettes were the first time I ever really remember hacking anything. Like I make a made a tape loop. I remember the first time I made a tape loop. Man, remember how that felt? Like pulling that off, and and yeah, my what do you mean, Justin Chad, and I hacking a tape uh, a tape loop. What do you mean? Yeah, you could take a tape a cassette apart, right? Well, sometimes they would just break. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and for whatever reason they'd eat it, get eaten in the, in the car stereo. And eventually we'd fish it out. And, and I guess somewhere in the fishing, a friend of mine and I were kind of curious enough to start figuring out what we could do with the pieces. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the, you know, like making these tape loops. And so you would make like a loop. And if you had like a, a reel to reel recorder, like a Tascam field recorder, or, you know, even a, the, the, the movie you could play, you know, use the old movie projectors and it would just play the audio. You didn't need to have video or right? it wasn't a requirement. Right. So you could mm-hmm. totally hack that and play, you know, your audio, record your your stuff and then play it back and, and bounce tracks. And, you know, Justin, Justin was really kind of the band leader and I, I was just along for the ride. But it, it was it, there's something really special about cassette, man, really. It's, I mean, it wasn't significant. And again, here's a great example, because it wasn't significant in the in the arc of technology. Right. It wasn't an improvement on a track. You might argue that it's, it was a setback. Right. It was marketing. It was it was really again, it was it was money and, and outcomes versus process it's, it's yeah. a really nice it was portable. portability is yeah. always, it always was a, that's true uh, it was more portable there was that part but and also just the recording feature of like i think that's another thing too just making mixtapes which people that have that's no true. idea probably what cassettes are still say mixtapes like make a mix and, and it's it's the equivalent of a of a playlist, playlist. now right but there was yeah. just there yeah. was just, but making a mixtape was hard you know what I mean? It was, it was yeah, time it was. consuming. You know? Oh, you had to so put it in. There was no fast too. forward or two X speed or two and a half times speed, right? It wasn't dragging and dropping MP3s on a, you know, on a, on a Nero yeah. burning ROM or whatever that, you know, we ever used to use. And, and that too was, you know, again, to your point, Eric, about curation, right. Is, is really, it, it is a craft. You know, talking about your, the tapes you found that you're, grandfather's house eric uh my one of my grandfathers he died in the late 80s and a couple things one i remember he was he was a typesetter for a newspaper in Terre Haute, and like old school typesetter and you know late 80s um is when the apple computer was coming out and and you know there there was computer typesetting on the rise and you know it was pretty chunky and ugly looking at the time and i remember he saw that or read an article about it and said you know that's that's amazing that's great love it but it will never be as good as hand you know hand current type and at the i didn't really understand at the time what he was talking about or what he meant looking back on it i i appreciate it and understand it i don't know if he would agree with that today if he had you know lived long enough to see uh, typography today and maybe you have your own opinion about that but but one more thing is when he passed away we also found some tapes um and they were, actually it was when uh, my aunt passed away um my grandfather used to record into uh, a tape cassette player recorder and then mail her tapes because 
you know, phones were expensive. I mean, phone calls were expensive, right? So she lived yeah. in California. He lived in Indiana. You couldn't, you know, like what we're doing now, what, it would cost hundreds of dollars if we were on the phone in the, you know, yeah. 70s or 80s. It was probably the 70s. So he would do a recording and then he would just mail her the tape and then she would get it, you know, put it in the tape player and listen to him. And, um, I just and what was funny of, then is people were probably yeah. like, that's that technology that sucks. You should write a letter formally, like do it right and have it on the paper and feel yeah. it. Yeah, probably, right. They probably like, made fun that's of like them. cheating and not good. Like yeah. that's terrible. Like you don't know how to write anymore. You're just talking. Right. Well, he, and, and, uh, I just heard this article that, uh, or that said, the sound of someone's voice actually changes your cortisol levels, you know, depending on how you feel for them uh, and especially your mother's voice. Uh, that was the kind of the story, but um, they said, it's not the same. If you text, you know, if you get a text from your mom, it's not the same as it, if you read a letter or if you actually hear her yeah. voice. Well, tone is a huge thing, right? And we know that from text mm -hmm. messages, like not being able yeah, to hear right. the tone of how something is said is a huge critical part of the communication process. So, yeah, so it was a real treasure to find these tapes. And, you know, we did uh, digitize them. I have the tapes somewhere, but I don't, I don't have a tape player. Eric does. He has several now, I think, but, uh, it's awesome because otherwise yeah. they're just so volatile and you lose. So yeah. they're so easy to lose, especially in this climate in the Midwest as, as the humidity comes up and comes down, it just crushes magnetic mm -hmm. storage. Yeah. And then yeah. back to the one thing you said about your grandfather being a typesetter, just for the young listeners out there, um, right. it's, uh, it's crazy to think about that because, you know, as, as we were saying, when we were in school, um, I had a job in Terre Haute that, at a design firm that didn't have any computers. So everything mm. was done analog. Uh, graphic edition was the place. And, mm. you know, there was a, a camera, a stack camera, a big, again, everything was like half the size of a room. You know what I mean? Like right, every, right. everything was huge too. So this is big camera that you would use to shoot, uh, you know, type and artwork and then cut it and paste it, and put it together and then shoot it again. And it was, it was very photographic, everything. But one of the things that was interesting about it, of you know, that job I had again in school, like a summer job working there, doing kind of grunt work like that, filing things in the attic that was 120 degrees and cleaning this chemical laden camera all the time. The other thing was like, hey, Eric, go pick up the type. You know, which is a weird thing. You have you don't hear that anymore. And uh, it was to go to the typesetters, and and there would be they'd be putting together the type, which literally back then the design stuff you would have to do a mathematical equation to figure out. I have this big of a space. I want to use this typeface that's got this size to it. I'm going to have this many characters. You do an equation, figure this whole thing out, and then go. Okay, this is the type I need, and you would just sketch all this out with a pencil. And then you'd have to go to a typesetter, which at that time, again, it was kind of transitional. So they were using mm -hmm. computers, but they would be printing it out on photographic paper. And then they would give you that and you would cut it apart and make your design with it. But just what a bizarre thing. And that's one of the examples of an industry that did just totally go away, like pretty quickly, I would yeah. say. It feels like, you know, that it was just like the computer, uh, yeah, totally, totally killed that. Yeah. Um, he even though at the time the computer looked hideous, it was just so much faster and cheaper. And so people are like, yeah, I can deal with that. <laughs> yeah. And there are some, there's some charm to some of that stuff and maybe more about when you go, I mean, cause there was again, like photographic, the, the technology changed from being like metal type and things like that to more of a photographic process and then to a, a computer slash photographic process. So all these things happen there. And I think the character, you know, that kind of charm and character was sort of coming out of it anyway. So, 
in, I mean, someone else out there could probably argue this too and say there, it was really cool in a lot of ways. But to me, that was one of those things where it was just so laborious, but didn't really yeah. add much to the look and feel of things that that's why it just went away. But that was literally, I mean, I remember that that company had like tons of people working there too. I mean, it was a big oh, company yeah. that probably made a lot of money that just almost overnight, it felt like just like went away like that. We don't need that anymore, <laughs> you know, I mean, which can is you... crazy to think about now. Well, can you, I was going to say, can you imagine the, the amount of time it took to typeset a newspaper, you yeah. know, uh, during and you had that to do it period? like overnight or whatever, right? Yeah. Right. Right. It had to be out like every in the morning. And then they did another one in the afternoon. Actually that, I don't know, maybe that was when, uh, they had more technology, but, uh, that also reminds me and, and, um, my, so my grandfather, before he, before he died, he had a stroke and he, he was uh, something, you know, when you have a stroke, your brain, you just, you just don't know. I mean, all sorts of things can happen. He, he was living in a period of time, probably in the 50s or 60s, where he was still going to work every day. And um, he didn't know, he couldn't remember anything after, like, mm, I don't know, late 60s or something. Like, he, he didn't know the, any of the grand, he didn't know me or any of my brothers and sisters, didn't know the grandchildren. He thought my dad looked really young when he saw him. He's like, oh, Steve, you, or you, you look, um, or no, he, saw, he thought he looked old um, because he expected him to look young, but he looked really yeah. old. And then uh, when we would show up at the nursing home, and he didn't live that, that long after this, but he, he was standing like against the wall going through the motions of setting type. You could tell that's what he was like picking mm. type out and setting it. There was nothing there, but yeah. he was doing this. And then, you know, we would ask him what he was doing. He was like, Oh, I'm just finishing up some things from work so I can go <laughs> home. And it's like, wow, it was so bizarre. Yeah. Well, it's such a reflex probably too. Just like, yeah, he probably did, probably did so it. much like yeah. over all those years, you know, that's right. Wild. I mean, it's, it's like, like a like big ingrained in there. It's like the way we type today, but he was doing it at a large scale, right? With grabbing things and putting them in in order, and oh my god, yeah. So time and the thing is, we're talking. I mean, this stuff that we're talking about, and that's again when I go and when I speak to like younger like students now. I mean, I know I'm older and I'm pretty old now or whatever. I mean, so I'm 50, but it's like crazy old, that man. all this stuff, all this stuff has happened in the last 20, 25 years. It's went from. I always tell people when they're complaining about you know looking for a job and how hard it is. I'm like, well, when I was in college, I had to go to the library. <laughs> I'm like an old man. Like I had to walk yeah. uphill both ways in the snow. I had to, I had to walk through the snow to the library and, uh, and go in there and look up, uh, you know, the yellow pages of different cities on microfiche and microfilm and mm -hmm. which is little tiny pieces of film with pictures of the phone book on there, which there's not phone books anymore. And, and look that up on a magnifying machine that it was again, have the big giant thing on a tabletop. And, you know, it's like being like some sort of kind of uh, like secret agent or something just to find the phone number right. of like a design firm to call them to say, hey, can I come talk to you? So and and again, it's that's 20 years ago, right? 25 yeah. years ago, I don't know, 20 years ago. I mean, that's crazy to think that it's, you know, changed that. And then much. you had to get past the gatekeeper uh, to get through <laughs> the reception. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, um, okay, so we're going to wrap this up because we try to keep it to an hour, and uh, but we're we're going to have uh, it, we're going to have you back, Eric, and if if I hope you're going to maybe be a a staple of our podcast, uh, but if not, we'll just have you as a permanent. Yeah, we're going to talk about vinyl next. 
Yeah. yeah. Hey, so we have more to talk, talk about. about yeah. But uh, we're going to wrap it up and we always wrap it up with hashtag forget computers. And we try to share something that um, is non-technical. Now we started that because most of our podcast was aiming towards technology and we wanted to get away from it, but we've really continued to get away from technology, but I, st- I still like the concept. And, we'll, and we'll, next time we'll talk more about the origin story of forget computers because we actually did not finish that story uh, we, didn't we even started, get started it so, yeah. <laughs> we sort of started it yeah uh so we'll get to that so hashtag forget computers um chad do you do you want to start oh sure yeah um you know uh, my little guy and i have uh, before like dinner well except for today every day this week except for today uh, we've played tennis and it's been, it's really him nice. really more than anything. He's like, Hey dad, you know, and it's like the day winds down and you know, it's kind of time to even tell, you know, the, the kids, Hey, get off your screens, go you know outside or do something else. We all been at it for all day. And he's like, Hey dad, you want to go play tennis with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we just, you know, ride over to some courts near the house and play. And, and I, you know, I don't really care. You know, I took lessons for 11 years. Um, and, and it was a big part of my life. Uh, it's always been a big part of my life. Um, but I haven't really pushed, you know, I have a very different, I don't know that my parents pushed me. I mean, it was really, they just kind of let me explore different things. There was never any pressure. And so I'm, I'm the same. I, I kind of just encourage if he wants to do something, then I'm all about it, you know, and, and I'll go. And if he doesn't want to do it, it's cool. You know, but lately it's been about, you know, getting some swings in and that's been great. So that's mine. Yeah, very cool. Well, we'll have to, you'll have to teach me how to play, Chad. I, I, I took enough lessons to learn how to play, but I, I never got a lot of experience and, and I, and I did love it. Uh, I just haven't played in a long time. Did you ever play Eric tennis? Tennis? No table tennis. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I've played, tennis. I've played tennis, but I've never had, you know, uh, lessons or anything like that. And it's been years, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a hashtag? I, Eric has tons of them. If if you can't think of any, Eric, I'll volunteer one for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, you know reiterate what we were already talking about. I mean, my thing has been all this mu- music stuff and and continuing to explore past the vinyl into cassettes. Oh, this is interesting too. Saint Vincent, who's one of my favorite artists, her new album uh, went on presale, and she has an eight track. It's on eight track, a brand new album on eight track, awesome. which they, she only did 500 of them, but I got it. I got one of them just as a, I can't play it on anything at this point. I don't, you know, I, I hope I don't end up with an eight track player, but at any rate, just as a, as an object, I thought it was really cool. Um, I also got it on cassette and vinyl. So got the, got all that. I didn't get the CD, but all the other mediums. So I love that, that it's continuing to expand. People are t- continuing to think about these things. And it's kind of a concept album too, that's seventies themed. So it really, conceptually makes sense um it's not just to do it just to be you know uh, as a novelty but um but the one thing like you say is that's special about it i have a really good uh, friend of mine um trinity who also is into all this stuff so we're always having conversations talking about did you see the new record that came out check out this cassette i just found the cd like it's this thing that's um so it goes beyond just the music and stuff it's this it's this communal thing that you do and it's something where you can get excited and, and, and have it be something that creates human interaction, you know, in a real way. And then even uh, my, my middle daughter was here recently, Michaela, and she was, uh, I was showing her all this stuff. And I've got kind of two setups now, one upstairs and one in the basement and, and all these things going on. And she was also, and she's 23, 
or and uh was like well i've got a little record player but i want to get a better record player and now she's all excited to get like more of an actual stereo setup and i'm like hey i can totally help you with that and and you know one thing that that happens too is you know with trinity we'll share records like kind of like what you were saying it's like well, we talk about having listening party parties. We haven't done that so much with the pandemic going on, but but we'll just like, hey, take this record, take these records with you, take them home, listen to them, and then he'll give me some. And so even just that exchange more so than just sending a link or something, it's like, take this actual piece that is important to me and you kind of got to take care of it. You know what I mean? Don't don't damage it, don't whatever. So there's mm-hmm. there's some trust involved in that. There's all these there's all these different things that take it. There's all these layers. And I think about all this stuff. It's just making things more human, making things more of a connection. Um, and, and again, the computer connects us in different ways over long distances, which is really amazing and brings people together in all kinds of ways that way. But there's something about this physical thing of, of the tactile aspect of it and this actual item that there's, you know, this is the only one I have. And, you know, and even with a lot of the vinyl and stuff too, it's like limited edition things. So it's almost like a piece of artwork. It's like a limited print or something. There's only 500 of this specific version of this record. So there's, it just gives it some other aspect that that's really interesting, really, really fun. And then, you know, of course you can sell them and trade them and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. It just becomes this thing that, that creates that kind of interaction, which is again, memorable and special and creates these memories. Um, so, you know, that's been the biggest thing for me lately is just getting on. And oh, one more thing about this. I literally went on eBay and got a boom box from 1997, yeah. Uh, yeah. but it's brand yeah. new. It was still in the box. So that's what's so bizarre about it, but it plays CD tape. It's a radio, you put batteries in it, take it outside. I don't have to worry my Bluetooth speakers, uh, you know, charged up and if my connection's good or I walk in the house and forget I'm connected and it goes off. So, but it's just so bizarre to go back to it and to be able to find this piece that's new from that time period and, and, uh, you know, have to carry the CDs out there and the tapes out there. And like, but, it, but even that we've talked about it, it makes you focus. Cause usually people are like, oh, let me play, let me connect my phone to it. I've got this and that. It's like, nope, there's like 10 things here we can listen to. <laughs> like, that's what you have yeah. to choose from. So did you bring tapes? Uh, then no, you cannot. You yeah, play you can't music. play anything. You have to bring t- you have to go get tapes first. Well, and interesting. Them and bring them over. The thing is, uh, next time Trinity comes over, uh, he's probably going to have tapes of all the music you you let him borrow because I think he's making copies of it. And <laughs> yeah, well, he's not got into eBay. the tapes. He said he was. He said his wife would kill him if he got into tapes. <laughs> if he got a tape oh, there, really? Like, she will not. Uh, she will Too not much like clutter. Another- another thing going on yeah uh, for sure but i, I no, he just he needs to get one of those wall mounted cases where he can stick the tapes into you know yeah. very cool looking he's, yeah he said he wasn't going to do cds when i told him cds were coming back and yeah he's all in the cds now so um he's got yeah, a phone, he's got an old phonograph that you have to hand crank he's like listen to this yeah. eric well even the reel to reel which you mentioned before that's the other level i mean that stuff's great but it's like super expensive i don't know much about it honestly so but that would be another thing like i'm gonna get reel to reel tapes now and listen to it like there's just so many weird uh things you can do so i don't know hopefully it doesn't go much further i think it's getting a little out of hand but um but uh well i think we i think we lost chad i don't know if he had an internet outage or he just uh tried to say goodbye when he (laughs) when he was muted uh but but maybe he had to go at nine which is probably the case um so yeah, we'll wrap this up and let's see my, my hashtag forget computers. Uh, you, you would think I would have 
something to share. Uh, but every time I think of it, it's like it bleeds over into technology in some way. And then I'm like, oh, that's mm -hmm. kind of like, wow, am I really not doing anything? Like even my workouts, I was thinking, well, I've, I've been trying to work out more. But guess what? Even my workouts, oh, Chad's back. Hey, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> a little glitch there. Sorry about that. I was, even my workouts involve uh, an iPad or an iPhone just as reference. Um, so anyway, I was just going to share, I, I got my first COVID vaccine shot. Um, I did have to go to Indiana, uh, which I think was appropriate, you know, go back to my, my origin wow. state, you know, yeah. and get the, get the shot there. Uh, uh, because there, it, it was still really difficult to find one uh, here in the Chicago area. Uh, and Indiana had opened it up to all ages and all like locations. You don't have to live there anymore to get it. So uh, it, it was only, I, I went to Michigan city, Eric, I think, you know, Michigan city, uh -huh. Chad, you probably yeah. do as well. So about an hour away went there. It was really easy. Um, it was, it's a FEMA site. Uh, it was the Pfizer vaccine. And uh, there's a bunch of young people in military uh, outfits operating the, the place. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a simple shot. It was great. Uh, my arm was sore for uh, a day to when I lifted it up too high. Uh, and Eric, remind me, you, you've gotten one shot or you've gotten both? I've gotten both. Oh, both. Yeah, I've okay. had both and I also had the Pfizer. And I think it's funny because uh, that ties us back to Terre Haute where the, the, well, Pfizer's not there anymore, but a huge Pfizer plant was there our whole time growing up, which I actually worked at in college too. So it was kind of, oh, you kind did. of funny. What'd you do yeah, there? Yeah. Oh man, that's a whole nother analog story. Okay. Off. We'll, Forget computers. We'll do story. that next time. We'll do that next time. Yeah, um, there were well, several weird, weird things uh, that I could talk about <laughs> from that experience. But um, okay. But yeah, yeah. So that's no. I got I got the first one. Had the same thing. A little bit of a sore arm, and then everybody said, even our neighbor, who's uh, you know my age or whatever, or a little older, I think actually. Yeah. He was like, I got the second one, and it you know I had a day where I was just down and knocked out and couldn't do anything and felt sick, and so I was kind of prepared for that. But I got the second one. And, I, I don't know. I, that next day I was like productive. <laughs> I didn't kind of like no. to be up or something, but so I didn't That's really, cool. uh, really have any, any sick or, or sickness or anything, uh, along with it. And, you know, yeah. And luckily. is Pfizer, I, I also seem to recall Pfizer being like a local institution, but is, are they based out of Indiana or they just had a, a an no, office? no, no, it was just, it was a huge plant right there. I mean, not far from where, you know, it was kind of in between where you and I both grew up. Right. I mean, it was kind yeah. of like right there, but yeah, it was a huge, uh, a huge plant um, there. Forever. It's not there anymore. Oh no! Yeah, it hasn't been there for quite some time. But, yeah. uh, and Chad, you, I know you've gotten at least one shot, right? I think you're. Uh, I got the Janssen. I got the Johnson and Johnson, and oh, you and did! Felt oh, absolutely nothing. Yeah, I went to, I went to Tinley Park. Okay. And, and it was the same thing. It was military, you know, it looked like national yeah. guard and they took over the uh, convention center and it was, it was snap pop click, man. I was in and out of there yeah, split. had zero side effects, um, at all. I mean, zero, but it's a different, it's a, it's a different, um, you know, mechanics mm. to that one, but uh, yeah, that that is not an option at the moment. I don't think, I don't know if they have, they overturned mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yet? They, like, they paused it, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess like so I we heard could fourteen go on about people. Yeah, I heard that like 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 six or fourteen people got into car accidents within like fourteen days of having 
people. I did not hear that. I heard. I did. uh, did And I haven't looked into any of this. I just, I just heard blood clots. And I also heard that, (laughs) that it was so low that that's kind of a normal rate of blood clots for people with, without, you know, with or without a vaccine. So I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. It's I'm grateful. I'm in any case, like to live in a place where we have access to this. I have friends in other parts of the world that are, you know, aren't as lucky and it's really, it's confounding. It sounds wild with your guys' experience with the military. And so that sounds like it might've felt kind of like being in a movie or something. Um, it was, with, with it was, yeah, I was waiting for the pop, 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 like the, the, just the chopper sound, you know, but yes. I, didn't, I didn't get oh, there. Okay. I didn't get any of that now. Well, just one like, of the things that happened here that, which I didn't do, I got it at a hospital, but they actually, the Indianapolis 500 at the track, they opened that up to do kind of mass, uh, uh, immunizations there with the Johnson and Johnson and, uh, mm-hmm. literally got to drive on the racetrack and back to the garage area where they service oh. the cars and get it back there. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh man. I should have done that one. Oh yeah, so could I could have taken the car around, do, do, do a lap, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, which I got to cool. take a lap up to the the bedroom and, and tuck some, do some tuck-ins, guys. So yeah. I'm going to. Well, say, we got to tuck Eric in because it's late for him. He's on East Coast time. So good night, Eric. Good yeah. Night. Thanks Thank for you for, for having yeah. me. It was great talking to you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, you too, okay, man. Well, thanks for joining well, us again soon, please. Yeah, yeah, two, two weeks awesome. from now, Eric. We'll see you back here yeah. in two weeks. Right. Okay. Good night, guys. Ch- Ciao. Later. Take care. Bye. Bye.